I'm Lori Hellman, an Indiana warrior mom who has navigated the autism world for 16 years and counting. My hope is to unite autism families by sharing experiences and taking a deep dive into this puzzling disorder. So thanks for joining me on Living the Sky Life, our autism journey. On this third episode, I had so much fun chatting with autism mom and blogger Eileen Shackley, aka Mama Fry. Her blog and Facebook page called Autism with a Side of Fries gives an honest and very humorous overview of living life with a child on the spectrum. If you haven't heard of her or her blog and Facebook page, do yourself a favor and check them out. We discuss the craziness of having teenage sons on the spectrum and the future paths yet unpaved for those of us with older children nearing the end of traditional services. Thanks again for subscribing and enjoy my conversation. So I have the distinct pleasure of talking to one of my all-time favorite bloggers in the autism world, Eileen, who goes by Mama Fry. <laughs> so Eileen, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I just crack up at your podcasts. <laughs> I mean, at your blogs, I can't talk, on your blogs and your Facebook page and all of that stuff. You are just so, tell it like it is. And I, I love that. We need more of that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, it's, it's, it's good to know somebody appreciates my humor. <laughs> is your family not so much? Uh, well, you know, I think they, they try to appreciate as much as they can, but there's sometimes when I bring up some of the autism stuff, they're just like, can we laugh about this? Like yeah. they're just, you know, they're a little unsure. Whereas you, if you go to another family or caregiver and you say something about it and they can nod their head and understand why it's yep. both, uh, you know, giggle worthy and cry worthy mm -hmm. <laughs> at the same time. So pick your battles, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> so, um, jumping, um, back a little ways before the blog, um, I know you've been on some other podcasts and you've probably explained your background at nauseum for you, but um, for the listeners on this podcast that maybe don't know about you or um, your background, I know that you worked in the autism field for years before you even had a child of your own. Yep. So I kind of, could you just kind of frame up all of your autism experience that seemed sure. like a lifetime worth? <laughs> um, before I went pro, as I call it, um, I worked in a school for special needs children. And I did vocational training. I did pre-vocational training, which is usually typically ages 11 through 13. And then I did job coaching, which is where I would be taking them out in the community, community uh, and it's ages 14 through 21. And I did that for about oh, seven years at that place and two years before at another place. And um, so I had kiddo the last year I was working outside the home. And when he was one, I decided that I was, you know, kind of getting burnt out, you know, childcare being an issue. I was going to stay home for a little while. But the, iron the irony was a large part of my decision was based on the fact I was getting very burnt out with dealing with autism all day. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine. Yes. Cut to the scene. <laughs> when kiddo God intervenes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm about 18 months old and, you know, I'm getting uh, Hey, you need to call up early intervention and get your kid evaluated. And the word autism gets thrown about. Um, and that's when I was, I always joked that's when kiddo had me level up. They're like, you're not done yet. And, you know, and we're back at it again. So um, my background was purely on the educational 
front and now I'm on, I'm all the rest for lack of better words. And now mm-hmm. I'm doing it 24 seven. So did you notice things that maybe other parents wouldn't because of your experience with dealing with all, all types on the spectrum, um, through your work or did you I've, not really need notice anything outstanding know- with him? I noticed things and then I would tell myself you're being silly because your majority of experience with children were children with special needs. Mm -hmm. So you're just, you're not like, I really thought I was just not correct in what I was seeing or I was just thinking, Oh, well, all kids must do that. You know, kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people will say that if you say your child is doing a certain thing and they'll, they're, they're very quick to say, Oh, well, all kids do that. Eh, you know, yeah. <laughs> not that it's not really the best thing to say, but you know, there are parts of me that made me realize from the beginning, I probably knew, but I just didn't know what to put my finger on. Mm-hmm. Um, so was he diagnosed sure, pretty easily at no, the doctor's office? No, no. <laughs> really? Oh gosh. That was a pro- well, you know, we went from, no, we, we don't think he has it. to oh, Maybe he does. And <laughs> And I, I was finally just kind of like freaking out one day going, could just somebody say he is because, you know, it comes to a point where you're like, if you don't have a name on this, you're not going to get the services your kid needs. And then exactly. you're really screwed. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm so old. My son was first diagnosed with pervasive developmental disorder, which is an <laughs> old fashioned. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're my, you're my age. Um, yep that's before you know autism became under this one big umbrella that's where you know you had your subsect you had your asperger's kids you had your pdd kids you know now it's just autism so i I, in some ways i think maybe kids nowadays i don't want to say they're getting diagnosed easier but maybe their parents are having an easier time getting them diagnosed because it is such a broad umbrella to put around something where it was just like okay could somebody just put a name on my kid so i could you know get, get him what he needs so yeah, that was a process. wasn't easy. Yeah, when we got that PDD NOS, um, and I think I cut you off, but it, for people that aren't aware, it 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 means pervasive developmental disorder, not otherwise, not otherwise. specified. I, you know, I always was like, what does that mean? He he's like in a category all of his own. Nobody knows what is wrong with him. Why why wouldn't it be specified specifically? And and we went yeah. through that same thing. The school wouldn't give him PT, OT, nothing with a PDD NOS diagnosis until he mm-hmm. was officially diagnosed with autism. And then they're like, oh, okay. And so like the magical gates open and they now allowed all these services. Well, it's funny because, yeah, because it's funny once they switched that encompassing diagnosis to just a broadly autism for everything, that's when I noticed everything got to be so much easier because <laughs> it was just like, boom, oh, autism. Okay. He's going to get X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So. For sure. So. Um, you know, getting back to the blog a little bit. So you started the blog in what, 2012, I guess it was 2012 on a whim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, so kiddo was roughly, uh, eight years oldish. Cause yep. he's, I think he's around the same age as Skylar. He's so, 15 um, now, so yeah, yeah. Skylar's yeah. a little bit older. Um, so did you start that you said on a whim, but did you find at that time, I kind of did that the parent to parent communication and support and places to go for resources was completely lacking. So a blog yeah. might have been the best way to just kind of voice how you're feeling. My blog started in, as I say, it was a fluke. It was never supposed to be more or longer than one post. Um, <laughs> I was originally, I am friends with a person who used to DJ on a local radio station by me. And she okay. used to post a blog every day on her radio stations website. 
and she used to get a lot of people a day in the life and she'd you know a, a veterinarian would post a, you know a teacher would post a cop would post so she contacted me once and she said I want you to write a day in the life of an autism parent but I want you to post it like you write when you write on Facebook you mm-hmm. know don't make it don't make it formal like write how you write when you're just talking mm-hmm. so I thought okay what the heck this could be fun and I wrote pretty much what is kind of you know what you see is what you get this is a, this is our life she posted it and it went nuts it went virally <laughs> nuts I had people haunting me down on Facebook looking for me going where's your blog where that's what I kept hearing where's your blog where's your blog and I'm like oh should I have a blog and you know overwhelmingly many people that knew me were like yes you need a blog you mm-hmm. know like obviously they were like you should be doing this so I within 48 hours had a blog created you know made the blog page named it after my son's favorite food that's the thing that everybody always asks what does fries. side fries <laughs> favorite food um and and just ran from there but I definitely can say I I that's a viewpoint I keep in the blog is just that you know I found either blogs were I couldn't relate to them at all because it was all this um everything is dandy and sunshine and roses with autism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or it was gloom and doom and everything sucks and the world is going to hell and everything <laughs> is misery. And I'm like, there's got to be a middle ground here, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I can't do one or the other. I mean, or some there... days are, are great and some days are not. But, you know, I, I, I've been miserable for a long time with autism. I don't need to be reading somebody else's misery. <laughs> I, that just doesn't work for me. And I, I found that, you know, I cried enough over autism. I'm going to start embracing what I can embrace and understand. And even if I don't understand it, just roll with it and, and, and go from there. You can have a complicated relationship with autism. That's what I say. Absolutely. I love your hashtags so. because autism, because that's exactly, that's all I can say anymore. It's just, it's just because I don't know. I can't answer why he does the things he does, why I cry, why I laugh. I don't know. It's just autism. No. It's an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> it, that's uh, yeah. That one came out of a very trying year with him, and it was just you know at the time it was just everything was just everything was a, surrounding my kid, and you know I had no explanation for a lot of things, and it's just like well fine because autism if you can't accept that there's something else like yeah. I wish I had found the autism with a side of fries blog years ago. Um, When you started it, I certainly could have used the laughter and just the relatability that you offer in the blog to so many of us living the exact same thing you put into words, the exact feelings that we're having, but with such humor in it that, you know, we just have to laugh. I mean, you have to laugh or otherwise you would be hunkered down in the fetal position crying somewhere every single day. It's just yeah, not I, worth all of that. No, it's not. And you just, you do it for enough time that you're going to miss so much of your kid's life because you're so busy being miserable or you're yes. so busy looking for something to blame or just be angry at. I just, I don't want to miss what my kids is doing. Like, you know, from the age of eight to 15 has already gone by in a blink. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to miss things. And, you know, if you want to be angry, be, you know, blame something and want to search for some evil doer or whatever, which <laughs> some autism parents are like. Yep. Uh, go ahead. But it, you're just not going to get along with me very well then. So yep. that's it's that, too deep story. for me. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> so. um, you know, this, 
I try not to offer advice. There's so many people who um, know someone or friends with someone that has a new diagnosis and, you know, their child is, is young and they always say, can I give them, give them your phone number? Can you talk to them? And I'm always happy to do that. I think you're, I keep referring to your blogs, but one of your blog posts um, oh, years ago, I think was um, a letter to a new autism parent. I absolutely loved that one because thank you. I don't want to come across as, you know, I've done it all. I've seen it all. This is what you need to do because it's so different for every single child and every single family. Um, but I think that was such a great post because you address, you, you cover all the things that are kind of a waste of time that we could save them a lot of time by <laughs> you know, telling them, you know, wait three months and all of those things. Um, do you kind of remember what you addressed in there or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that post was written basically out of, from the, from the blog taking off because I had a lot of people, just like you said, they were three years old. They just started the process. They didn't know what to do. They wanted me to point them in direction. And I laugh because at that time, my son was only eight and they thought I had my shit together. <laughs> my French. Yeah. But it's, you know, it couldn't have been further from the truth, but there were some certain things that I, I felt like, oh my God, I'm, I'm replying to these people. I'm saying the same things again and again. Let me put this all in one place. So when they, so when I get another person writing me, I can go here, you read this. This is your homework. And if anyone's, you know, contacted me through the blog that way, that's what I usually write, send them is that link and just mm -hmm. say, I stand by this still, even though I wrote it seven years ago, mm -hmm. you go read this and then get back to me. You know, <laughs> yeah, because you will drive yourself crazy. It, it's not a fixable overnight problem. We as parents, when our kids are quote unquote sick, we think, all right, I have to get them to this doctor to get this medication to get this treatment, and then the problem will be over. It's not mm -hmm. that simple. It's going to be a lifetime of care and a lifetime adjusting things, and you're not going to fix it overnight when they're three. It's just not going to happen. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a it was a very nice way of me grabbing them both, you know, by the collar and being like, calm down. You're mm -hmm. only freaking your kid out because you're trying to get out ahead of something that's much too big to take out, you know, to do right now. So I, have yeah. to, I really, you know, I keep telling myself I'm going to have to update that blog, but every once in a while I read it, I'm like, nope, still stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's still all relative, you know. Just, yep. <laughs> Everything's what I would still say. <laughs> you know, my biggest thing too, is I just always want people to understand you can't compare situations and you can't compare kids. I mean, we all know in the autism world, when you've met someone with autism, all it means is you've met someone with autism. That's there it. are very few identifiable characteristics that every single person on the spectrum has. It just doesn't work that way. That's why the spectrum is so large. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't want people to, um, you know, be misinformed. Like I was in the beginning being told you need this kind of therapy. Oh my gosh, he doesn't have that kind of specialist. Mm -hmm. Like I'm failing him as a parent because I don't, I didn't know anything about hippotherapy or mm -hmm. some of the other things. And they're like, Oh, my child's been doing this for a year and now they speak in full sentences. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I just wasted a year and my child still can't speak. Maybe yeah. I better sign up and do this therapy now today. And they're going to, they're going to fix him. And it doesn't work like that. And he still doesn't speak regardless of all the things we've tried and done. So I, I can't give you advice to, to sign up for all of these therapies and all of these doctors and all of these things, because your outcome may be completely different than mine. So just mm -hmm. don't try to keep up because no. it's not, it's not worth it. You need to spend every second with your child and enjoy every year. 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And like the one thing I would tell every parent from the start was just like, play to your kid's strengths. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what are they going to, what do you see that, what is a common theme you see with our kid for our kiddo? It was always music. It has been music since the day he was born. Right. He's always responded to music. So, you know, we leaned into that hard and that's been a constant source of soothing for him when he's been anxious of playing with him, engaging in with him with making music and uh, it's helped increase, you know, for now our case, it's helped increase his speech. It doesn't mean it's going to do that for every kid, but for him, mm -hmm. it really helped. Um, you know, we we work with a great music therapist that I am lucky enough to live in an area that I could go to one in my town, which, <laughs> you know, and I know not everybody has access to that, but for us, it really works. And, you know, for kiddo, it's always been a case of he could sing a word before he could actually speak the word. So oh, that's, really? what, you know, that's neat. so for us, we're kind of like living in a musical in our house where we're singing everything, which being a Broadway show lover, totally up my alley. So I have Me no problem too. with that. Um, but, you know, for us, that's like, you know, you have to find what your kid is into. If your kid is, you know, responds like to swimming, get your kid in a pool. Like, you mm -hmm. know, you, you just got to go with what they're leaning in towards. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's hard. There. It's hard not to get sucked into um, all of the ideas oh, of yeah. the of the month. I call them. You mm -hmm. know, it's thousands and thousands of dollars, all out of pocket. But but this is yep. it. This is the one thing that is new and revolutionary, and it's going to turn your kid around. And I mean, it just they just play us for suckers, and it's sad because you know we're so emotionally tied to this disorder that we're willing to do anything, spend any amount of money or oh, anything, you know, to help our kids because we're strong moms, but there comes a point you just have to say enough is enough. And like you said, if you find something that makes their eyes light up and they're so excited, I'd buy every instrument I could find and pick which one, you know, I'll I pick mean, which one he can. To me, yeah, exactly. I'd be like, okay, I'll sell, I don't need the right kidney. I'll sell that one, you know, and <laughs> we'll buy the piano. Like it's just, yep. that's just what you do. But yep. I think I would tell any parent is just be weary of any service provider service that's that makes general statements that they can improve every person who's on the spectrum as soon as they walk through their door they'll make them better yes that's just not the case and you know shame on those people for doing it because there mm -hmm. are certainly way too many of them out there doing it so yes for sure yep yeah. well so we're talking about kiddo and his music mm -hmm. love um so i know that obviously being a teenager 15 um, we talked a little bit before about, um, you know, just some of the fr frustrations, just raising a teenager on the spectrum. I mean, they're a pain in the ass, just like any other teenager, oh, but, oh, yeah. but it, it comes with a little bit of a higher cost for us, I guess, because as far as grooming and shaving and all of those things, we have to teach them how to do it. And I love that you you know, spend a lot of time teaching him how to do things versus mm -hmm. just doing it for him. That's hard on us. I mean, we, we do a lot. Skylar relies on us to do a lot. I would love to be able to make him more independent. So, you know, how does kiddo do with all of that stuff? Like the grooming, it's, the teenage hygiene. <laughs> it's a process. I mean, my thing is it's, it, I learned from my previous experience in my profession was that it's a hell of a lot easier to teach them some of these things when they're younger than when they're older. So I tried to, when he was age appropriate for all those moments, teach him at that age. Now that doesn't mean everything was successful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, we're still working with, you know, what cur currently we've kind of had a little bit of a regression in uh, 
hygiene with after bathroom um, runs and me having to remind him to go in and clean himself up correctly Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, wash his hands. And if he needs help, he needs to let me know and things like that. But he's a 15 year old boy who doesn't want his mother in the bathroom with him. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's where it becomes challenging because he's a 15 year old boy. Would, Mm -hmm. you know, any 15 year old boy want their mother in the bathroom with them? No. (laughs) Clearly not. You know, I mean, (laughs) that's just it. So, but you know, when my, my son comes out of the bathroom and I can tell that things aren't clean because let's face it, we know, um, Mm -hmm. I have to intervene and that's where it, it stinks. And recently this year we had to start doing shaving with him. Mm-hmm. And I went out and bought him a shaver. And as I said, I almost, you know, wanted to come home and cry into my pillow because I was buying my son a razor. But, um, you know, I was just like, well, he needs to be shaved. So I'm buying him a razor and mm-hmm. we're going to learn this together. And of course, you know, par- part of this, I kind of threw on my husband. I'm like, dude, I've never sure. shaved your face. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin, you know? Yep. Um, but, you know, I watched my husband and now I know how. So I can start teaching kiddo hand and we're doing hand over hand with yep. it and it's just an electric razor and he's got like you know exactly 25 hairs on his chin so it's not <laughs> like we're shaving a lot but you know but it's one of those things we got to do and like again he's a teenager he's got acne we're dealing with that as well yeah us too uh, uh, with face washing and putting on you know smack D cream on on pimples and toothbrushing and you know it's a lot of reminders like there's some things he can do but he just doesn't do them unless I remind him. So is he you know, fine have, showering on his own? I mean, can he, does he know to go in and take a shower and do all of that by himself? Or does he just need prompts for you before he goes in there? Like, don't forget, wash your face. Don't forget. And, and he'll do it or he will shampoo his hair and just kind of consider any soap that falls off his, his head to be enough. <laughs> <laughs> a better word there's no other way to describe it like he'll just he'll be in there and he'll be doing i'll hear him count like you know with a big pump and he knows he has to put little three three little squeezes in his hand and i'll hear him count one two three Aww. and i'll hear him like talking to himself as he's shampooing and then he'll be i'll he'll be rinsing and he'll be like i'm done i'm like dude you have the rest of your body <laughs> oh i forgot <laughs> you know like and or there are times where he will only shampoo i mean he'll shampoo on and he'll forget to wet his head before he puts the shampoo on. Oh. Or yeah. he'll, you know, only rinse his hair and only half the shampoo comes out. So oh. like, so, you know, so I'm always kind of like peeking in like, how you doing? How you doing? You know? So yeah, there's, it's, it's, a, it's hard to think about those things. I mean, you just don't yeah. think about, I mean, I, I swear just with <coughs> having to do stuff with Skylar from head to toe all day, every day, mm-hmm. I, I forget about those instructions, like when your child is two and three and they watch you, they learn everything by watching you. You don't Mm -hmm. necessarily have to say, okay, now you need to get your hair wet. You just bathe them as a baby. They watch you do it. And then they just learn instinctively. Mm -hmm. Your head needs to go under the water. It's just, when you break down the steps of every single thing you do and task you do in the day, Oh yeah, it's a lot. And I just, I mean, pecs, we have lots of ways to try to, to communicate with them and teach them those things, but mm-hmm. people just don't realize what you just instinctively know to do that yep. someone on the spectrum has no idea. They don't understand jokes. They don't understand when we make, you know, just, I don't know, just funny statements that yeah. aren't accurate. They take everything literally. So yeah, 
that's hard because I'm a smart aleck by nature. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he I has no say, idea what I'm saying. <laughs> Kiddo's got more sarcasm than I think a lot of people give him credit for, but I think that was because of the parents he got. Yeah, <laughs> just he came by it honestly. He just came by it honestly. But every once in a while, I'll say something sarcastically, and I realize like as soon as I say it, I'm like, oh, why did I say that? Like he's not going to, you know. And sure yeah. enough, he he doesn't get the sarcasm, but. Um, but he's, you know, but he's 15 and let me tell you, he can roll my, his eyes at me like a 15 year old boy can. <laughs> yeah. They're very smart. They know exactly what mood to, to, to demonstrate for sure. So, yeah. So. Um, well, he does like to clean though. You did tell me. So he oh, loves a, cleaning. <laughs> he loves to clean, which I love. And That's awesome. I'm not going to lie. Uh, he is the vacuum king. And this is, this is progress with the vacuums. This is a kid that used to be petrified of the vacuum. Sure. The noise. The noise alone scared the little bazinis out of him for whatever reason. I don't know why. Now he loves it. He's obsessed with it. So yeah, you better believe I'm leaning into that. Um, he vacuums my house. I have not vacuumed my house in ages because he does it for me. And you know, <laughs> you lean in on that. You're like, oh, let's, let's, let's show you how to, you know, take a, a broom to the kitchen. Let's show you how to sweep. And you know, things like that. And he enjoy, he wants to feel useful. It's one thing I learned from when I worked is that no person, regardless of ability, wants to feel like a job you're giving them is, is meaningless. They want to mm -hmm. have meaning, meaningful work. So things like cleaning for him, it's meaningful. He's seeing an immediate result. result. He knows it's helping. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not giving him something silly like, oh, sort the blue cups from the pink cups. Like, yeah. What is the point of doing that? There's yeah. no point. It is pointless. But he can see something tangible like cleaning and realize, oh, this helps keep my house together. And then that's a skill that he can bring into, you know, working off campus. He's now mm -hmm. working off campus at, with his um, with his school. He goes off once a week, um, once every other week. And he's bringing the skills that he's bringing at home and at school to that place. So he sees that there's a point to it. But if you're giving your, you know, you're, you can't give your kids bullshit work. They know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> they yeah. Know. And where's, where's that going to take him later in life? You yeah. know, you do want him to be independent and live on his own and do other yeah. things. So separating his, I mean, his cabinets may have all of his cups and plates separated by color, yeah. but <laughs> what does that matter in a big scheme of things really? Um, so. Well, and I, you just kind of referenced um, his job shadowing experience mm -hmm. and, and working outside of the home. So your background obviously in, is in job mm -hmm. coaching. So does the job shadowing and the, um, the job coaching experience, is that separate than an IEP or is that like the next step when they're a certain age? How, oh, that how goes in, in. That's in the IEP. I mean, that's, that's all in the pre-vocational section of an IEP. Um, depending on your child's school or school district around the age of 14, 15, ideally, they should be getting the opportunity to go work outside of the school building, for lack of better words. Um, mm -hmm. His school does sampling, which means he'll work at one job site for a couple of weeks and he'll work at another job site for a couple of weeks and he'll work at another job site for a couple of weeks to get a real random experience at each place. Um, what I'm hoping for, what that'll mean down the road for him is that he'll, will find what one he did the best in, Mm -hmm. And that we can get him in there to maybe be there once a week with a job coach. And a job coach is just that. They're not doing the job for them. They are literally just there as backup. They are just reminding them things. Um, if a child has physical limitations or needs any sort of adaptive equipment, they're making sure that adaptive equipment is there for them. 
and then their their whole point is just to fade back, fade back, fade back. So to that person's doing it a job independently. But you know, when you're out in the community, the 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 tricky part is is that you're out in the community. You're out mm -hmm. with all the, the distractions that can be with around. You can have people interrupting you at your job, asking you where something is, or you know, or music is playing over on a loudspeaker. It's just it's all the things that weren't happening at school are now happening in real time and you still have to get this job test done. So that takes some time. I mean, you know, kiddos is like I, he likes to sing. If he's here on the side of the radio, <laughs> I guarantee you wherever he is, he's gonna be singing along to it. But he's gotta be, you know, reminded like that's you know, that's fine. You can sing it in your head, but you gotta still keep doing your work and you know, things like that. So how do they identify the three different places or the pl various places that they're taking him to um, do those experiences? I know one was cleaning. Are they all cleaning related? Because they know he really no. enjoys that. Okay. Uh, the other places, from what I understand, will be retail places. And it's just a base. It's, it's based on availability or businesses willing to work with schools to offer these places. And I can't stress that enough for if you're a small business and somebody comes in and says, I'm teaching disabled kids and we really would love a job coaching experience take it you're not mm -hmm. you don't have to pay them they don't even want to be paid they just need the experience especially at this age and yeah. give them that opportunity and you'd be amazed at what you'll see i mean one of my favorite job sites when i worked where i used to take two kids to a local pizzeria on a monday mm -hmm. and their jobs was to reef do um make the boxes because by monday their stock would be depleted Mm -hmm. from the weekend <laughs> the, yeah from the weekend and i remember that owner was so grateful every monday that we were coming in because he knew my two boys were machines and they would crank them out like crazy mm -hmm. and he'd be ready for the week and he didn't even have to pay him i mean <laughs> it's a win-win <laughs> it's a win-win and you know he always said that to me he's like he goes i can't get over how fast they make these boxes and i'm just like you know this is their jam they, they dig they love this stuff and it was all for that guy just saying, okay, yeah, I'll have these two kids come in and, you know, they can be in the back while doing this. And that's all. They just needed an opportunity. And they're just, you know, the unemployment rate, this is the biggest thing that scares me as a parent is that kid will be unemployed and that'll mm -hmm. kill me and it'll kill him because he deserves to work just like anybody. And he wants to work. He's proved mm -hmm. it already at 15. He wants to work. He just needs the opportunity. Nobody would want to sit around all day and play on the iPad and eat and you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, that's not stimulating. And they probably would lose so many skills if they just sat around at 22 when, once the programming ends officially in the school yeah. systems. So, um, so these job coaches are with them at all times, obviously, but are you, yep. so when they were making the boxes, were you just kind of off to the distance, you could see them just observing, yep. but mm -hmm. not in their way so that they felt independent. Yep. That's such a neat, oh, that's just so neat. I know most cities and towns, I would think, have those programs. Oh, yeah. It's just finding and businesses, I guess, to- That are willing to do it. Mm -hmm. That's just it. I mean, that's that's the one thing. It's just finding businesses. So if you happen to be a small business owner- Yes. So tune in, to, uh, turn it up a little louder. So we're talking to you, small business owners. But not even small business owners. Like you, if you work for whatever, you know, I don't know, Target, like talk to your manager. Like yeah. just say like, Hey, the, you know, these kids can come in here and stock a shelf. These kids could come in here or price and, things or, or, you know, vacuum the rugs or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, there's no reason for them not to, they can't, yeah. you can find them something, just give them the chance. 
And I would think it wouldn't even matter the job, the pride on kiddo's face when he vacuums that carpet and stands back and looks at, you know, what he did mm -hmm. or, you know, just any of the tasks that he's doing. I can only imagine he's beaming with, oh, absolutely. You know, we have two dogs. Job well so done. <laughs> we have two dogs. So when he vacuums and he enters the container and it's like, you know, nothing but dog fur, like he's, he's, he knows. He's like, oh, look what I did. You know, I got all this up. So, mm hmm. Well, you kind of, um, you know, we talked a little bit about businesses and, and the opportunity to allow kids to come in and, and job shadow and do different things. Um, you know, you had mentioned in a, in a talk that you did a while back about the need for therapists, you know, medical providers or anybody that in, in the industry that works with people on the spectrum to refer families to facilities or professional agencies that that take our kids or that mm -hmm. do job shadowing post 21 and 22. That's the biggest question I do get from parents with children that are older teenagers. When services quote unquote end in the facilities, in the school system at 22, age 22, there's yeah. so many people that don't know what to do next. I mean, there's like, not much. It's there, like they forgot that these kids were going to grow up. It's, it's, it's alarming to me how, little there is mm -hmm. and I, <clears throat> it's scary and what i had an opportunity last october of um at a convention addressing i think there are about a thousand people there they were all professionals and i said this to them like you know if you're working with kids do you know where to refer to your clients to and i actually saw a lot of faces going oh shit, i don't mm -hmm. and that just was like really what did you think was gonna happen <laughs> yeah gotta go somewhere and that's what kills me is that there's just not enough programs that are not enough facilities and it's one of the what the scariest part is is that the ones that are there are staffed by people who are getting paid the crappiest wage yeah i mean you really gotta pray you got somebody's there because they really love the work they're certainly not doing it for the money mm -hmm. And, you know, you got to hope that they're doing it because they love what they're doing and they love your kids and they want to support them. But there's nothing. There's nothing. Even just yeah. socially, like there's a ton of stuff. I always see tons of events, you know, and it's great. I mean, this is where I feel like, okay, maybe some of us older ones got this for the younger ones. But like you see all these um, family friendly sensory events yeah. for kids. Like, okay, that's great. What about the 18 year old? Like that was one of the biggest ones I noticed with sensory friendly movie screenings. Yeah. They There's were actually doing Broadway's it. too. That are doing now that they're doing now. broad. We've done Broadway, but like at first they were just doing all the kid, kid movies and they're mm -hmm. like, you know, there are teenagers <laughs> that want to go see movies that don't want to see a cartoon. Like, right. you know, what about some Marvel? Like that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the, you know, the Avengers and all that stuff. And that was, they're finally, I starting to finally see some of that change, but like, it's like they forgot these kids growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, that drives me crazy. Well, and I feel like I, that's one of the reasons that pushed me to to start the podcast. And um, and I was just so grateful again to find your blog and other bloggers with um, and podcasters with teenagers and older end of the spectrum because it seems like what we're what I'm finding even when I research and look around is a lot of parents that are making a lot of noise and advocating, which is so great for all of us, but their children are kind of just getting started in their journey. They're four and five years old. So I, I'm like waiting for the, the trail to follow of the breadcrumbs for my child's 
with the 20 year olds and the 30 year olds and the parents who've been through that stage. And I'm struggling finding anyone. I mean, I'll do it if I have to, but I don't want to wait and then share my experiences in four years when mm -hmm. it's my turn. Um, I'd be happy to share along the way, but I would love for someone to have already navigated that for me. I feel the same way. I, I'm, I'm constantly looking for more information from someone who's already done it <laughs> and mm -hmm. I'm not finding it and it, it's frustrating. And it's just like, you know, a friend of mine told me cause her son is younger and I was complaining the same thing. And she's just like, look like you're writing about it, babe. Like she just <laughs> joked about it and she's right. I mean, okay, fine. Then I'm going to do that. But, oh, I just wish somebody else had done it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, but, um, it is what it is. And if it helps somebody else down the road, then, then that's what's meant to be. So are you, are you getting any, um, feedback from, uh, on your Facebook page, you know, you offer the, um, the Sunday smiles, which I think is so great. You know, you're asking people to tell something good to brighten the day. Um, and then the WTF Wednesdays, <laughs> which I also love allowing people to vent. <laughs> It's WTF Wednesday today too. So that's appropriate. We're bringing it up. Yes. yes. WTF Wednesdays is a because autism moment for whatever reason, kiddo does not like Wednesdays. Like he, mm. some people don't like Mondays. He doesn't like Wednesdays. So, so that's I how that got decided, started. So that's how it got started. And I just decided, you know what, if he doesn't like it, then I don't like it either. And let's just all have a good whinge and get it out of our system. And I have to say it was just, I need a balance in the universe. I didn't want to make, you know, just, my page have a focus of negativity. So I'm like, all right, Sunday, we're going to have Sunday smiles. We're going to start our week with something good. Mm -hmm. Something good has happened. You can pull up something out of your last week that was good. Even if it was, oh, I found a coffee creamer flavor I really like. That's <laughs> great. That was good. Okay. Just go with it. <laughs> so, well, those are probably my, the best, the best ones when you find a Sunday smile that's not about autism or about yeah. the child specifically. It's the parents like I actually got to sleep last night for more than three hours and it was phenomenal. <laughs> so. That should be celebrated just as much as anything else. I wonder what mm -hmm. that feels like. Yes, <laughs> so. I know. Still wondering. Yeah. <laughs> we but, were up um, at 430. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah. We were up around five. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> that's my reason for doing it. It's just like, you know, you got to pull it out, bitch. And then same thing, pull it out. There's something good. You got to focus on that too. So, mm -hmm. so, yep. It's always a balance. Yeah. Are you hearing from like questions or Sunday smiles or any of those things? Are people telling you that their children are older or are we still the bulk still of people, the younger, majority, diagnosed? Yeah. yeah. Younger, younger, younger. It's, it's amazing to me how much younger. We're going to find so. those people that are hiding somewhere. I don't know, why I don't know where they are. I don't know <laughs> where they are. Hiding in a closet somewhere. I guess crying so. probably. I <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, every once in a while, one will pop up going, my kid's 27. <gasps> Tell me more. Yeah. You know, like please. I kind of be like, uh, why do you have a blog? Where are you? Can I follow you? Um, but it's just like, it never happened. But you know, it's also, we're growing up in an, in an age of social media explosion, which is where a lot of these have taken off from. Mm -hmm. There were probably autism blogs, but before Facebook and Twitter really kicked off, yeah, it made it accessible to much many more people. So for sure, you know, I'm an Instagram you know, stalker. <laughs> I you know, find everybody that way. <laughs> well, not for nothing, but seven years ago, I wasn't even listening to podcasts. Now I'm a podcast junkie. I listen to them all the time, but like mm -hmm. that's changed a lot of that. The fact that you can plug in and listen to Two moms talking about poop stories while you're folding laundry is a big change. <laughs> so. 
we could talk on a whole hour on that. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Lord knows the explosion we oh. had here yesterday, but, uh, oh, um, you know, but, but that's social media and internet has made big changes with who's communicating. I, but I see this quite a lot is not only do I see a lot of new kids with that are really, really young, but their parents are then simultaneously starting blogs of their yeah. starting. And I just look at them and go, your kid just got diagnosed last week. You're starting to blog. Damn, you got your shit together. Like I, I was know. a hot mess. It's I impressive. Was such a mess. And I just, yeah. I just, there was no, there would have been no way. I could have never done that at, at that time. But you know what? More power to them. Maybe that's, if it works for them and makes them feel yeah. better and they're getting information out, then great for them. I'm just impressed they get <laughs> I know. Well, in our defense, I guess, when we were diagnosed, um, you know, our children, there really wasn't a lot. I mean, there wasn't even there was Facebook nothing. at the time. And, you know, I kind of joke about that in the book that I just wrote about, you know, I couldn't even really go to Google. We were just, just short of dial up. I mean, we had just kind of mm -hmm. gotten off AOL and all. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I didn't have the, the vast opportunities to, to go out and stalk no. people on social media and, and find, you know, people that were relatable to mm -hmm. me, but you know, it's all changing for the better, I guess. That's yeah. what oh, we're doing this for. So yeah. So <laughs> helping each other. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I so appreciate talking to you and I'm going to continue to read every single thing that you put out because it makes me laugh. It really makes my day. Oh, I'm even, glad. Thank even you. the WTF Wednesdays. I, I, it's, it's sad to say, but sometimes other people's misery when I'm in misery with them just kind of makes me laugh. Like, well, at least I'm not alone. <laughs> the whole reason why suffering. I put it. Absolutely. It's the whole reason why I put it like, you know, just to see, I had issues with my son's bus company all last year. And every time I posted about it, just anyone that wrote back, be like, girl, been there. Like, it just made me feel like I wasn't losing my mind. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it's great to have parents to relate to. So <laughs> I will link your, your blog, your Facebook page, your Twitter, and all the ways people can to read your, your awesome, you know, knowledge and humor. <laughs> okay, great. To thank the you. to the page. And again, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It's been a blast. All right. Have a great day. You too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and will tune in for the next episode in two weeks. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Living the Sky Life within Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Play so you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select that five-star rating provide feedback or suggestions about topics you'd like to hear about, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.